if you are able to put climate considerations better into the decision maker as a whole, you could significantly reduce costs. Hello and welcome to another acclimatised conversation on climate change adaptation, the show that picks the brains of some of the leading thinkers on climate change risk and resilience. Since the world's governments committed to reducing greenhouse gas emissions sufficiently to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees or at least well below 2 degrees by the end of the century in the Paris Agreement, attention has increasingly turned to how such a mammoth task will be achieved. As with COVID-19, the costs of inaction are unimaginable, but the dramatic cuts in greenhouse gas emissions necessary to hit the targets will require an unprecedented transformation of the global economy, and such changes will come with a hefty price tag attached. Calculating what this is is no easy task, but A new study published in the journal Nature Climate Change set out to do just that. In this conversation on climate change adaptation, we speak to the study's lead author, Professor Detlef van Voren, who works at PPL Netherlands Environment Assessment Agency. Uh, Which is a government uh, research institute in the Netherlands. Um, I'm also one day a week professor at uh, Utrecht University and in both jobs I'm working on what they call integrated assessment modeling. Integrated assessment models try to describe future developments of greenhouse gas emissions, land use, and identify pathways to meet different climate targets. And and so we use these models to scope out different routes of reaching these targets and see the consequences uh, and both the synergies and trade-offs with other topics. So Professor Van Voorden's work is very much where the rubber hits the road when it comes to climate change targets met by politicians. And in his recent study, he looked at the total cumulative investment associated with hitting the 1.5 degrees and 2 degrees C targets. And the researchers came up with some pretty big numbers. But then you get numbers like 15 trillion US dollars or 30 trillion US dollars. So it's, it's, it's quite a large amount. So just in case you didn't catch that, the best estimate numbers for hitting 2 degrees C was 15 trillion US dollars. And for 1.5 degrees C, it was 30 trillion US dollars. That's around 1 to 2% of global GDP. In reality, that's an affordable investment if planned properly. However, these numbers are part of a pretty wide range of figures mentioned in the paper. But then we show also that compared to these best estimates, um, the cost can be three times as high or three times lower than these best estimates. So that means that the total range for hitting the 1.5 degrees C target lies somewhere between 10 trillion US dollars and 100 trillion US dollars, the top end of which is approaching 7% of global GDP. So how come there is such a wide range of potential costs? The answer to this lies in the model that was created to make the cost estimates. 
Professor Van Voren and his team created a meta-model by combining IPCC, that's the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, estimates of carbon budgets associated with different temperature targets. And they combine that with estimates of the cost of climate policy to action. By combining these two models, the scientists were able to capture uncertainty of both the climate system and the socio-economic pathways to action. Obviously, what we do find is that uh, there are there's quite a large uncertainty because you take all those steps from um, action and the co direct cost of changing the energy system up to the impacts of that on uh, the carbon cycle and the non-CO2 emissions, and then finally what it means in temperature change. And also we combine this with different estimates of where current temperature is. So once you've combined the uncertainty within the climate system with the uncertainty relating to the future socioeconomic pathways, you have a really wide range of potential costs for keeping temperatures below 1.5 or below 2 degrees C. However, the cool thing is about this new research is that the levels of uncertainty can be attributed to either the climate system or the social forecasting. The most important finding here is that as the temperature target comes down, the significance of the uncertainty around the socio-economic pathways increases. You could actually see that um, what part comes from the physical science uncertainty, our limited understanding of the climate system, what part comes from the socio-economic uncertainty. And I think that's the nicest thing about this paper, that we um, not only show that there is this uncertainty, but especially appropriate uh, this to different underlying causes. This is highly significant because when the socioeconomic levers dominate the uncertainty, policymakers can have more control over the future outcome. If you are able to develop technologies faster, you could uh, go in the right direction. But also we show that the differences in socioeconomic pathways, the way the world develops into maybe a more sustainable development world or alternatively a much more uh, divided uh, world also has a major in, uh, impact. And we, we show that um, if you would aim for relatively high climate targets, um, then the uncertainty in the climate system plays a major role. And that's what we often think of if we think of uncertainty. Well, we don't know the climate system very well. Uh, but in the paper, we show that for the more stringent targets, uh, so comparable to those uh, that are, have been accepted in the Paris Agreement, actually the physical uncertainty only is, plays a small role, and a much larger role comes from the socioeconomic uncertainty, which means how will our societies develop and how will the cost of different technologies that could go to zero emissions will develop in the future as well. Now, clearly, there are certain elements of socioeconomic development pathways that can't be controlled. The current coronavirus crisis is all the evidence we need to demonstrate the inevitability of unexpected events. But nevertheless, it does hold an important message for governments and businesses. If you are able to put climate considerations better into the decision maker as a whole, you could significantly reduce costs. Other interesting questions remain when considering the cost of hitting different temperature targets, particularly with regards to geographical distribution and the time of investment. 
Professor Van Voorden says that this is an area for future research. But um, you could easily use it as well to go a step further. And instead of taking the cumulative global cost, could have taken the underlying data, which does have uh, regional distribution. And you can also take the underlying uh, cost data from the integrated assessment models and show that they are have different time profiles. Um, and so you could add it to this model. But um, from the literature as a whole, we know that there are different time profiles. And they are partly also related to essential decisions we have to make with respect to climate policy. So the costs of hitting the 1.5 and 2 degrees C targets both assume that we'll reach negative emissions at some point this century through measures like carbon capture or very large scale reforestation. And so many of the scenarios that are currently in the literature have these negative emissions in the long term. And they, they have this to avoid taking a lot of action uh, in the short term. Still, the, these scenarios have a lot of action and there is a lot of investment that needs to be made in the first decades. Uh, but if you would not have the negative emissions and you would need to meet the 1.5 degree target, uh, the carbon budget that is associated with the 1.5 degree uh, budget is about 10 times current emissions which means that you have to go from now to zero in about 20 years if you don't have negative emissions. And yeah, that's an enormous task yeah, because that would mean that you are reducing emissions uh, every year by a couple of percent. The disadvantage is that for negative emissions, you need land. So you get some competition between climate policy and biodiversity or uh, maybe even um, uh, uh, sustainable development policies with respect to hunger. You also have an uncertainty, an additional uncertainty, because is this going to emerge, uh, the, those technologies or uh, practices to have negative emissions? And so there is a very critical decision whether we're going to have more action early on, which needs them to come from efficiency improvement, uh, from even faster uh, use of renewables, or whether we can make a slightly more relaxed curve uh, and then uh, potentially benefit from some technologies that might be available in the longer term. A lot then is at stake when deciding how much to invest and at what time. Relying on large-scale negative emissions from as yet undeveloped technologies clearly carries risks. But without the assumption of some form of negative emissions in the future, it becomes impossible to see how we can hit the 1.5 degree or even the 2 degree temperature targets. Both scenarios, therefore, hold very significant risk and demand large investment in climate adaptation and resilience measures to ensure we are prepared for climate temperature changes above 2 degrees C. For a more complete picture of the cost of climate change, of course, the cost of adaptation spending must also be accounted for. While this was not incorporated into this study, Professor Van Voren hopes to integrate it into the model in the future. It, it will be something that we will start adding to this model. Um, and so we will uh, look for the impact uh, damage, the damage curves that are available in the literature, try to inc you know, include them, uh, and we're working on that. And that will also include 
uh, the cost of adaptation. But indeed, uh, those will be uh, added to the numbers that are now in the in the paper. Um, and, and typically, they will be much higher for high temperature levels than for low temperature levels, of course. We would certainly expect the cost of adapting to climate change and its impacts to be a considerable sum, and one that is highly dependent on the speed at which we're able to cut greenhouse gas emissions. The likelihood of hitting the 1.5 and 2 degree temperature targets remains relatively low, and as Professor Van Voren's research has shown, will require a large amount of financial investment. The cost of inaction will be unimaginable, however dwarfing anything we have experienced from COVID-19. We have every incentive to invest in mitigation and adaptation. The model developed by Professor Van Voren and his team shows firstly that a great deal of uncertainty remains as to how much will need to be invested to meet the Paris goals. And secondly, that one of the most significant sources of uncertainty lies in our own hands. His research strongly suggests that integrating climate change considerations into decision-making processes today is vital to reduce overall cost. What is clear from the best available research is that the longer we wait to act, the higher the cost will be, and the higher the global temperatures rise, the more money will need to be allocated to adaptation. None of this, of course, accounts for the other intangible losses that will be incurred. Species, homes and lives the things that COVID-19 is reminding us to hold dear. Thanks a lot for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Huge thanks also to Professor Van Voren for delving into the figures with us today. Thanks again to the band Broke for Free who provide our title music. For more conversations on climate change adaptation or to access world leading advice and guidance on climate risk management, visit our website www.acclimatise.uk.com. You can also listen to many more episodes by subscribing on SoundCloud, iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.